0: Hey everyone, it's good to see you all, God bless you, and um, about the offerings, we decide to donate to um, Israel, so thank you for giving for this course, and we haven't decided um, who we are going to send to, because Tony's is away, um, and we'll let you know um, when it happens, we'll make sure to send 100% of every offering, and also online offering, Uh, for Israel in this difficult time. I think it is likely to send to um, Jewish believers in Israel who actively help with people there. And we'll uh, let you know maybe next Sunday. And we should pray for David McDowell. Um, um, It is found that uh, he's got um, another tumor in bladder, so they are going to have the operation tomorrow. So let me pray for David, our brother. Father, we commit our dear brother David to your hand as he's going to have operation tomorrow. We pray for your strength, your peace, your comfort, and also skill uh, for doctors and nurses that it might be successful and the tumor will be removed totally. We also pray for the full recovery of David, um, that uh, he might be able to come back to us to join to worship and pray your name. We also pray for Mary and Tony. We pray also for your healing hand upon them, that they also have full recovery from their illness. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's turn to the Bible. It's Daniel chapter 9 today. Daniel chapter 9. It is one of famous chapters in the bridge. (laughs) It has been spoken many times. I thought I might have to skip, but I decided to go ahead. Um, Daniel chapter 9. So let me read from the beginning to the end. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the lineage of the Mede, was made king of the realm of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah, the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make request by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession and said, O Lord, great and awesome God who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandment. We have sinned and committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and rebelled. Even by departing from your precept and your judgment. Neither have we heeded your servant the prophet, who spoke in your name to our kings and our princes, to our fathers and all the people of the land. O oh Lord, righteousness belongs to you, but to us, shame of face as it is this day, to the men of Judah to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, those near and those far off in all the countries to which you have driven them because of the unfaithfulness which they have committed against you. O oh Lord, to us belongs shame of faith, to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against him. We have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to work in his laws, which he set before us by his servant the prophet. Yes, all Israel has transgressed your law and had departed, so as not to obey your voice. Therefore, the curse and the oath written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against him. And he has confirmed his word, which he spoke against us and against our judges who judged us by bringing upon us a great disaster. For under the whole heaven, Such has never been done as what has been done to Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come upon us, yet we have not made a prayer before the Lord our God that we might turn from our iniquities and understand your truth. Therefore, the Lord has kept the disaster in mind and brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all the works which he does, though we have not obeyed his voice. And now, O oh Lord our God, who brought, you, brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and made yourself a name, as it is this day, we have sinned, we have done wickedly. O oh Lord, According to all your righteousness, I pray, let your anger and your fury be turned away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem, and your people are reproached to all those around us. Now, therefore, our God, hear the prayer of your servant and his supplications. And for the Lord's sake, cause your face to shine on your sanctuary, which is desolate. O my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city, which is called by your name. For we do not present our supplications before you because of our righteous deed, but because of your great mercies. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and act. Do not delay for your own sake, my God. For your city and your people are called by your name. Now, while I was speaking, praying, and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, Yes, while I was speaking prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening of him, and he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplications, The command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah, the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. The street shall be built again and the world, even in troublesome times. And after 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a flood. And till the end of the war, desolations are determined. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering and on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. I think it's very suitable for our situation at the moment. And this is a prayer. This is prayer. We need to pray uh, to the Lord, especially for the peace of Jerusalem. It is quite a remarkable chapter, I believe, and it even contains um, the prophecy upon the coming Messiah. So it starts with um, the time frame. In verse 1, it says, In the first year of Darius, the son of Asueros, of the lineage of the Med, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. So we know that Darius the Mede, he helped Cyrus the Persian king to defeat the Babylon to become an emperor. And this people of Mid is very interesting. They are descendant of the Hittite and the descendant of the Mid is the Kurdish people. So they are still around, especially in Turkey area, and they don't have uh, the land. So they are still persecuted. But uh, their ancestors are Mid and also Hittite. And we also found these um, um, Midian people when Holy Spirit came for the first time um, in the act. So they are very connected with God of Israel. And they should come back, this God of Israel. And verse 2 says, The number of the years specified, by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. You don't need to turn, but if you go to Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 10, that's what Daniel speaks about by his prayer here, which says, For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed in Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you, Israel, to return to this place, which is Israel. But if you imagine being released from captivity, coming back to where they used to live and exercise some political and religious independence were unthinkable task to accomplish Because, as you know, empires, they tend to weaken the regional differences and color people as the citizens of empires. They don't like variety of the people. They just want to make people as one people um, as the citizens of empires. But here is prophecy by Jeremiah, who said that Jewish people would end the captivity and go back to Israel and exercise some political and also religious independence. Um, Seemed to be impossible, but as God promised it would happen and it did happen in the history. And we not only have the record from the Bible, if you go to any museum, famous museum, um, you are likely to find the evidence that this Cyrus, uh, the king, he uh, declared the edict uh, that uh, Jewish people would come back to Israel to exercise their own independence. And verse 3 says, then I set my face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplications with fasting sackcloth and ashes though he knows that he's got prophecy by Jeremiah that Jewish people would return he didn't stop he began to pray and we still must cry out that God will fulfill his promises Um, I believe the reason why God asks us to pray um, is forced to um, like join His works together. Unless we pray, we are unlikely to realize that it's God who would fulfill His promises. But as we pray, He also invited us to join His plan of redemption and, and, and help us to recognize that it is God who is in control. At the end of the day, God regard us as like co-workers, though we are not worthy, and asks us to join his work of redemption and give us reward afterward. He could have done himself without us, which we know, but he kindly invites us to join his works together. So that's why God requires to pray, and that's what Daniel did here um, after he, he recognized that there is promise that Jewish people would return after 70 years by Jeremiah the prophet. And verse 4 says, A Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments. So when Daniel prayed, he describes God as promise-keeping and merciful God. These two characters of God, Daniel wanted to appeal to as foundations for his prayer. And it should be our focus as well when we pray to the Lord. Our God is covenant-keeping God and he's also merciful. It's a blessing to us. God can be anyone because we are not the one who created God. He exists from beginning to the end, but to the blessing for us, he is covenant-keeping God and also merciful God. And as Daniel was aware, he pointed out to these two characters of God and made foundation for his request. And verse 9, it also says, To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against him. So he appealed for his mercy and forgiveness as uh, the foundation of his uh, prayer. And then important verses, verse 5. It says, we have sinned and committed iniquity. It's very simple and straightforward sentence. But there's another foundation uh, they, uh, Daniel prayed upon. It doesn't stop here. In verse 15, it also says, And now, o Lord our God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand, and made yourself a name as it is this day, we have sinned, we have done weakly. Verse 13 also says, yet we have not made our prayer before the Lord our God that we might turn from our iniquities and understand your truth. <clears throat> it's very simple, straightforward, and we believe anyone can do But if you just go around and ask people whether they are sinners, um, you might have different response from people. And even myself, I'm quite good at making excuses. I'm quite good at blaming others for my problems. And that's how we are brought up and how we are trained. And especially how our original sin is. We want to blame others or just make excuse rather than accept that it is us who make mistakes. I've got an interesting story. <laughs> We've got four court. And we sometimes find that people park there. Uh, so I'm the one who go out and tell people not to park, but I think I've got like between one to five people in 20 years (laughs) who said, I'm sorry, I won't do again. But most of our people, they either blame me (laughs) or, or, or claim that they've got every right to park there, which is unbelievable, but it happens. And I find that we're the ones who either make excuse or blame on others. But as you see from here, Daniel, he doesn't do so. But he said, we have sinned and committed iniquity. I think it's only by uh, grace of God and also Holy Spirit. King Solomon, when he complete and dedicate the temple, he prayed like this. If you go to First Kings chapter eight, verse forty-seven. First Kings, chapter eight, verse forty-seven. First Kings chapter eight, verse 47 is prayer by King Solomon when he dedicates the temple. Yet, when they come to themselves in the land where they were carried captive, uh, repent and make supplication to you in the land of those who took them captive, saying, we have sinned and done wrong. We have committed wickedness. And when they return to you with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of the enemies who led them away captive and pray to you toward their land which you gave to their fathers, the city which you have chosen and the temple which I have built for your name. So um, Solomon simply present. Uh, the process of restoration when people are condemned by God. The first thing we have to do is to come to themselves, come to ourselves. According to verse 47, it says, yet when they come to themselves, I think it's a good expression. We have to come to ourselves. We, We have to accept that we are the ones who caused problems, not others or even God. We have to understand and accept that we are punished without excuse or blaming others, but because of our sinfulness. That's the first step of the restoration. And second one, according to prayer by King Solomon, is repentance. But it's not just like simple. As you see from this 1st King chapter 8, repentance means we have to admit that it is us who commit sins and do wrong and return to God with all our heart and all our soul. And thirdly, we have to seek for his justice, mercy, and faith again. So repentance doesn't mean we regret. It means that we accept that it is us who caused this disaster because of our sinfulness and determined to return to God, not only with partial heart, but with all our heart and all our soul. And thirdly, we also uh, decide to seek for his justice mercy, and faith again. So that's the repentance. That's the process of restoration according to this prayer of King Solomon. It sounds very familiar to us. It's not like only for Jewish people or prayer by King Solomon. It can also apply to believers in Jesus. When we say we repent, we just regret, and that's it. But we have to admit that we are sinner and decide to return to God with all our heart and all our soul and seek for his justice, mercy, and faith again. It's quite serious business. And it's not just simple gesture, or lip service, but it is um, serious reflection upon our lives and decide to come back to the Lord and seek for his righteousness. And verse 7, it also says, righteousness belongs to you. And verse 14 of Daniel chapter 9, it says, Therefore, the Lord has kept the disaster in mind and brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all the works which he does, though we have not obeyed his voice. He also claimed that God only is righteous. And at least I know that it's not easy to confess. We want to add that, yes, God is righteous, but I'm not too bad. <laughs> <clears throat> I've done something good, but it's not the case with Daniel. He, he just claims that it's not us. It's God um, the righteous belong to. So, He is righteous, and we are sinful even in his judgment. It's easy to say, but hard to accept. But that's the truth, I have to say. And that's what we have to be faced with and, and accept after all. And verse 17, it says, Now therefore our God, Hear the prayer of your servant and his supplications. And for the Lord's sake, cause your face to shine on your sanctuary, which is desolate. And verse 18, he says, we do not present our supplications before you because of our righteous deed, but because of your great mercies. I think it's a great prayer. Daniel did, and as you see, afterward, from the beginning of his prayer, God was happy (laughs) and decided to send Gabriel to answer to his prayer. As you see here, he, he also claimed that God will fulfill his promise not for our own righteous deed but because of your great mercy and for the Lord's sake. And that's our foundation uh, of our prayer as well. Neither for our own goodness nor our accomplishment, but because of Lord's character and his name's sake, he will keep his promise. So that's why we confess that our hope belongs to God. Nothing to do with us. Whether you accomplish many things or, or have been kind to other people, they are still corrupt, I have to say. And only for the Lord's sake and also because of his great mercies, God will continue to keep his promise. And that's the hope we have to hold on to and seek for. And verse 19, it says, O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and act. Do not delay for your own sake, my God, for your city and your people are called by your name. As you can see, he's very bold and an old God to hear, forgive, listen, and act because he knows that it's nothing to do with him but, but all um, to do with God's character and also God's name's sake. So that's why he can be bold and urge God to hear, forgive, listen, and act especially for his people and also his city, Jewish people and also Jerusalem. God especially will save Jerusalem and Jewish people as they are called by God's name. Um, I've got a friend whose name is Mitch (laughs) Glazer. He spoke to us several times and we invite him to speak in Korea and uh, he's got interview uh, with uh, one um, uh, broadcast and the title of interview is next time please choose other people (laughs) and I find this very interesting and it's not easy to be his own people and 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 city Uh, uh, by his name but he will do his work he will accomplish his promise and he will save his people and also his city not because of our own goodness but because of his own righteousness and his own namesake and verse 21 it says, While I was speaking prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. 23, it says, And the beginning of your supplications, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider. The matter and understand the vision. So God answers our prayer even when we begin to pray. So that's why it is important to pray. Pray is kind of like just show God and confess that we can't do anything. But it is God who can do everything. And as you see from Daniel, when he begin to pray, God already commanded Gabriel to come down to listen and answer to his prayer and he also reveals his wonderful plan to his people when he says that therefore consider the matter and understand the vision <coughs> he got wonderful works to complete. He started very well when he created everything and he promised to complete everything. But he wants to invite us to join of this work of redemption and consummation and share his glory with us. So that's why God Asks us to pray, and when he pray, pray, he also reveals his wonderful plan to his people. And then, very famous verses <laughs> we uh, uh, spoken by many times. So, seventy weeks of Daniel. So, I will just skip briefly of this part. So, verse twenty-four says. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sin, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. It is one of amazing promises as well. As you see, There's almost everything uh, we can call as blessing here. For your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, which means to fulfill uh, vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy, which means he will build up the temple again. But as a believers in Jesus, we can recognize what's going on here because these are the blessings we enjoy when we repent and believe in Jesus. So, briefly speaking, this. Seventy weeks, this weeks uh, is Shavuah in Hebrew and it means seven and it can mean days or years and we believe that it represents years and these 70 weeks, six things will happen according to verse 24, finish transgression, make an end of sin, make reconciliation for iniquity, and bring in everlasting righteousness, seal up vision and prophecy, and anoint the most holy or holy of holies. Which means, all of this will be fulfilled at the end of the 70th week. And we know that even after Jesus came, not all of them were not fulfilled yet so we can say it can also foresee the future ahead of us so God seemed to speak to Daniel do you pray for temporary restoration as you heard from Jeremiah uh, of 70 years I will show permanent and complete salvation by 70 weeks so it didn't, Daniel didn't ask for this part. Daniel just prayed that God would um, throw Jewish people from Babylon um, and also bring back um, to Israel. But when God heard the prayer of Daniel, he added this blessing and, and simply just tell him, that I'm going to give you permanent, eternal redemption of your people by the prophecy of 70 weeks. Um, we know when we pray for our difficulties or problems, um, and, and relation matters or health, God not only answers to our prayer, but also Um, give us answer which we don't ask for but more meaningful more eternal and more permanent and that's what God did here to Daniel Daniel you prayed for temporary redemption I will show you eternal and also complete salvation by this prophecy of 70 weeks. That's how uh, good our God is and that's how God deal with our prayer. And verse 25 it says, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. The street shall be built again, and the world even in troublesome times. So these 70 weeks can be divided into three parts. The first one is seven weeks, second one is 62 weeks, and the third one is last one week, which um, consists 70 weeks. I'm sure you know, (laughs) already, but I just want to remind you of what you heard uh, from Tony so verse 26 it says and after 62 weeks which means 69 weeks in total, Messiah shall be cut off, which means he would suffer the death penalty, but not for himself and the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end of it shall be with a flood until the end of the world desolations are determined. So let me just show you our PowerPoint. So seven weeks can represent the time until the end of Malachi. So Malachi is last prophet of the scripture. So um, we 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 kind of like a uh, complete set uh, as seven weeks and then God speaks about sixty two weeks until the cut of uh, Messiah. So um, there will be another sixty two weeks until the cut of the Messiah. So the starting point of this prophecy there are three possibilities. Um, if you read carefully of uh, this post, exile period there are three edicts which are announced by uh, 14 kings. The first one is Ezra chapter 1 verse 1 which is edict of Cyrus the king which was BC 536 when he said that Jewish people could go back um, to Israel and build temple. And second possibility is decree of Darius the king he commanded again that Jewish people could continue with this rebuilding temple and also Israel in Ezra chapter 6 verse 8 but we believe that the starting point of this prophecy can start from Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 8 you might remember the king Artaxerxes he commanded Nehemiah to go back to Israel to complete the work, as well as the wall of Jerusalem. So, um, if you read Nehemiah, um, he he is burdened to complete the restoring restore, restore the wall of Jerusalem. He um, that's what he's commanded to. And that's what he fulfilled. And we believe it can be a third option, which is Nehemiah chapter 28, when our text the king commanded Nehemiah to go back to complete uh, destroying the world. Because in verse uh, Daniel chapter 9, uh, when we read, Uh, Verse 25, it says the street shall be built again and the world even in troublesome time. So it can be starting point of our 70 weeks prophecy. So we believe that um, 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 this can be a starting point of 70 weeks. And then next one is... According to Sir Robert Anderson, his book the coming uh, prince. According to him, um, he measured the time and command of Artaxas, the king. According to Nehemiah chapter 28, when he gave this command, the date was Nisan 20th Artaxas, which was BC 445. And... We also believe Jesus was born in BC 4. Please don't ask why. <laughs> Jesus was born before Christ. The guy who calculated, he made a mistake. And he made mistake by four years. So that's why Jesus had to be born on BC 4. Anyway, Jesus started his ministry in 15 years of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, according to Luke chapter 3 verse 1, and we can point out the exact date of this beginning of reign of Tiberius Caesar, because we've got abundant record from uh, from secular uh, source. Uh, The date was 19th August, AD 28. Uh, Luke chapter 3, verse 23 says Jesus was around 30 years old when he started his ministry. And we also know that when Jesus was in ministry, there were three Passovers. So first Passover was Nisan, AD 29. And last Passover when Jesus entered into uh, Jerusalem was AD 32. So Jesus entered Jerusalem at 10th Nisan, according to John chapter 12, verse 1 to 12 so 10th Nisan was Sunday 6 April 32 AD so you can recognize what we are going to do we try to compare between biblical timeline with secular timeline to count how many days were there between starting point of this prophecy of Daniel 70 weeks until Jesus cut off um, as Messiah. And we also know the ancient people, including the scripture of our own, calculated one year as not 365, but 360 days. So between 14th March 445 BC, when this command of Artaxerxes, the king, Was announced to Nehemiah to go back to Israel to complete the wall of Jerusalem to 6 April 32 AD when Jesus entered into the Jerusalem in third um, Passover while he was doing his ministry is exactly 173880 days. You can calculate it at home. <laughs> I did um, some times and it's, it's, it's the right. One, seven, three, eight, eight days. And it exactly 69 weeks, which means uh, seven times 69 and 360 days. One, seven, three, eight, eight, zero days. It doesn't mean that it is all true. <laughs> uh, because as you see, you can have another starting point which makes things uh, long. But briefly, it is, um, um, uh, it is fulfilled through history. And another thing which is important is Messiah should have come before destruction of the temple. And we know that it happened in AD 70. And not only he should come, but he had to be killed by violent death. And we know who. <laughs> it's quite obvious that Jesus was indeed Messiah. This Daniel, 70 weeks prophesied of. Another interesting thing is, let me stop here. There is one week left. I feel quite excited <laughs> to, to find this part. Uh, uh, let me explain later why I was excited. So this clock of Daniel's 70 weeks will activate again after the rapture of the church according to pre-trip rapture. There are other uh, theory. but it's more or less the same. Anyway, this clock of Daniel will activate again uh, when Jesus comes back. The Antichrist will appear afterward and he will make a covenant with Israel according to uh, chapter 9, verse 27 and Isaiah chapter 28, verse 14. It calls as covenant with death and this Antichrist will even force people to worship him until he is destroyed by God himself. According to Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, which says, Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week, but in the middle of the week he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering, and on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate or desolator. So in a way, God just showed Daniel like wholesome picture of his redemption, especially for Jewish people. Um, This map is also quite um, familiar to us. (laughs) We've seen several times. So this is prophet, and he saw the vision for the future. And this is first coming of Messiah. And this is second coming of Messiah. Uh, we know if we regard him as Daniel, the time period from here to here is 69 weeks. And the clock of Daniel stopped. And then it activated again from here for one week to accomplish the prophecy of Daniel. And I ask why is very Jewish oriented and, and focus prophecy on whole history of humankind? Because if you read chapter nine, it doesn't say at all of this period is time of church and we know that it is at least more than 2,000 years. But this prophet, especially Daniel, he didn't see at all of this period. But prophets they prophecy on first coming of Messiah and go straight to second coming of Messiah. But we know that there is big period of time before, uh, between first coming and second coming. And the uh, clock of Daniel seemed to stop here and activate again from here. And I believe as God's character is covenant-keeping God and faithful, though um, his vision is to extend his blessing and salvation to all nations, uh, through the covenant with Israel, it's like as God regards Jewish people and also Jerusalem, his own people and an own nation, um, when he completes this work of redemption for all nations, he wants to go back to his own people and sit down with them and say kind words to them and also save them with the same mercy and grace he poured out to all nations. I believe it's like a prime minister or guy who does important works for the nation, but as he had sonar daughter, um, when they do like Christmas performance (laughs) during very busy time, he decided to get time apart, attend to this like, concert, and also show, though he does important works for other people, he also wants to show that he's the father of this child. And that's what it is, I believe, and that's what this 70 Weeks of Daniel Uh, speaks about and that's where our hope belongs to and that's uh, why we can pray to the Lord. When I read chapter 9, it reminds me of the difficulties of problems um, and challenge Jewish people face with at the moment. We've heard that 300,000, more than 300,000 went out yesterday to Central London and I can see how frightened Jewish people are. And some of Orthodox, they are very visible. Um, whether they like or dislike, more or less they are recognized by other people um, as Jewish. Um, and we, we don't say that we don't have any sympathy upon people in Gaza Strip. I believe that there are, they are um, most um, um, that there are the people who are most um, sadist because of their long leadership um, and we should pray for them. But it doesn't mean that we just don't take uh, side or just sit down. We have to recognize what's going on, st- uh, study, the history, and, and stand firm with the truth. And, and I believe it's time to stand with Israel to show our solidarity and also pray uh, for them. We've got various response when we post our open letter uh, among our neighbors. Most of them are good, but we also have negative uh, comments. Uh, But yeah, we'll continue. We might get attacked or have stone in. (laughs) Uh, But I think it's time to show our solidarity and also our heart and and stand with the truth. So please do uh, pray for Jewish people and especially as we read this prayer of Daniel, we can also pray the same prayer to the Lord that God will save his own people and also city as well as other people in this time. Let's let's pray. Father, thank you for your truth, we also thank you for your righteousness, and you are the one who will complete everything, not for our righteousness, but for your own name's sake. We confess that we are sinful, but you are righteous even in our sinfulness and also condemnation We therefore commit your people and also your city to your hand. We pray for your forgiveness and also mercy and grace. And for your own namesake, you save them and show them that you are God of Israel, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We long to see their salvation through Messiah Yeshua. We therefore pray uh, until you accomplish this vision of redemption, your promise of salvation, you help us continue to intercede and also be a good witness to your kingdom. We also pray for ourselves, we pray as Daniel prayed here, you help us come to ourselves and also confess our sins, return to you and seek for your righteousness that we might confirm our salvation only in our Messiah, Yeshua. In Jesus' name.